0: I'm delighted to be with a lady that has changed my life. We are friends. In fact, my life has changed um, with one phone call in 1993. Ralph Bulger's mother rang my show when James went missing and my life was never the same since that day, ever. And there isn't a day goes by it's not mentioned or talked about because it must never be forgotten. We're 30 years on now, 30 years on. And I'm talking to Denise Fergus. Hello.
1: Hi, Peace. Thanks for having me on.
0: Oh, no, it's my pleasure. Uh, Well, I say a pleasure. It's terrible what we have to talk about. And it's terrible that we became friends because you Mm. lost a little boy.
1: It would have been nice to be friends, you know, without all this heartache and everything I've had to go through. But because of what I've been through, we are friends now. We've been friends for almost 30 years.
0: We have indeed. Does it feel 30 years?
1: It doesn't, no. Um It's just it's still so fresh in my mind about James. You know, I don't go back to that day. I refuse to do that. I've moved on with my life now. I've got my husbands and my three boys and granddaughter. Um, so I choose you know, to concentrate on them now. I don't give the other two a thought. They, they took the most precious thing away from me. Uh, I'll never get that back. Um, so the only way forward now is to move on and you know, protect the lads I've got now, live a lovely life with my husband and our granddaughter.
0: Now, it's been 30 years. You've done lots of interviews. You've developed. You've now taken on the government. Mm. You've taken on campaigns. You've done an awful lot. You've changed enormously. I've seen, because you, not being disrespectful, couldn't string two words together over that, because you, first of all, couldn't talk about the fact that you'd lost the most precious gift on God's Mm -hmm. earth. You have developed into a very powerful woman that has a message and will not leave it. Are there times where you go, I can't keep going on?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd lie if I ever said no, them times have never happened because they really have. Um, sometimes, say, Stewart, I read something that I don't agree with, or you know, for every door I tried to open, we're getting too slams back in my face. The roller coaster rides I've had fighting the government to get justice for James. I mean, thirty years is a long time to do that. I mean. But I chose to do it. And, yes, sometimes I do say to Stuart, you know what, I think I've had enough. But then, I, you know, I go out shopping someone goes or someone writes me on social media going, keep going, keep the face up, and I'm thinking, do you know what, you're right, and I will do. And I just think of James, and I'm thinking, you know, what I've said from day one, you know, I'm going to be the voice for James. And, yeah, of course I'm going to be the voice of James, and it makes me want to carry on. And I think I will carry on, even though I do get them days where I can't be bothered or, you know, I feel like throwing everything away. But I refuse to do that. You know, it's only a thought that answers me head now and again. But you know, it's just something that I wanted to. Do. Mm. Going back in the when James went missing, um, you know, it was a few weeks later. I remember Sean Sexton sitting me down and he said, "If you're going to take this on, I hope you realise you're in for one long, hard battle." And I went bringing on. So you know, them words I keep saying to myself, and that you know, it keeps me keeps me strength up to carry on and you know, get all these meetings with the government finally. I'm, I'm being heard now, hopefully at last, uh, with meeting up with Dominic Rob. Um I'm just open now I'm open at all and I'm seeing lights like, of this long, dark tunnel i are,
0: are you getting any respect from the
1: government over the years? Um I feel like now I am. Um through that meeting with Dominic, you know, what I can't say what got said in the room but mm-hmm. he reassured me um, you know, things were gonna change give a time and you know, I'm hoping that, you know, if that man that was sitting in front of me, he was a nice fellow. And, you know, he said all the, the words that I wanted to hear 30 years ago. Um, so, yeah, I'm hoping now that he is going to help me. And he did say it's not going to be the only meeting. you won't go and meet me again. So I'm waiting for that call or that email to say, right, I want you back in, and this is what's going to happen.
0: If you've just joined us, I'm talking to uh, Denise. We're going to be talking about the book. We're going to be talking about the, uh, the charity ball uh, in March 25th. Um, Remind everybody you, what you want from the government.
1: I just want justice. One is back in prison again for, you know, crimes that, you know, I don't really want to go into because they're disgusting. Um, I think everyone knows what he's been up to anyway since he murdered James. But, you know, I don't want another child to... Ends up like James through his uh, his hands, and I know for a fact he's still capable of doing that. So I want it. When I I used to say I don't want them locked up indefinitely and throw away the key, I've never said that, but now I am saying that with him because I just don't trust him Mm -hmm. whatsoever.
0: I remember talking to you a long time ago, a long time ago, we've spoken over the years many times, and you, you said they haven't had proper punishment. That was the thing that made you really angry at the yeah. beginning, yeah. was because they were put and they were mildly coddled and looked after and not put in a proper prison. You were quite cross about that, weren't oh, you? Oh, I
1: still am. I still, you know, that, them feelings are still raw to this day. Um, I feel like they were rewarded, and I've said this to you many times, peace, over these, they were rewarded for killing the, the most beautiful thing that I had in my life. Um, so, I, you know, I feel they were they were getting better lives while, they, you know, through the crime that they committed than before they committed mm-hmm. the crime. You know, the parents were either... I don't know what the parents were doing, but I don't think they were cared for, uh, which is no excuse. There's a lot of kids who come through that that background, you know, the parents aren't there for them, and the left to their own devices, but they don't go on to kill. They be, become better people, mm-hmm. if anything. Um, so, yeah, I mean... I just don't think they would... If they wanted clothes, they were getting designer clothes. They they got to choose what colour bedding they wanted, what colour walls they wanted, carpet. They got to choose everything. Now, to me, that is not punishment. That is
0: rewardment. The other problem was with Thompson and Venables, the two people that were convicted, and rightly so, of... of sorry to use this word, slaughtering a baby. It's mm. a horrendous word, but what they did was more than horrendous. Um, they also appear to feel that they are untouchable because if anything happens, they just get a new identity yeah. at the cost of the British taxpayer yet again.
1: Well, I wouldn't even like to think of a number that's been spent on oh. them. I know it's going into, you know, probably millions now with Venables... Yeah, I've always said the money that's spent on them, it should never have been spent on them. There's kids out there that need care. There's kids in the hospital, you know, that need that money. To, they're struggling with machines. Give that money to them. Let them buy new machines to care for these kids that need it. Not for two, two, two killers who premises premised of the most horrendous crime. And, and my son, you know, they were reward us And, you know, the money that's still getting spent on them is unbelievable. Still to this day... And will be to get, the day they die. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. are getting protected. It's like... I was pushed out, you know, you you get on with your own life, it's these two that need protection. Mm. I mean, but I think it's all wrong, it's all being one sided right the way through this. And I just feel now it's time for the government to listen and say, listen, if you kill, then be prepared to spend a long, long time in prison, not just the younger offenders, because they never even got to prison. It was younger offenders right the way through. They were the oldest two to stay in the younger offenders. Was it AC, AC when they got released? Right. So they should have well and truly been in an adult prison. I don't know why they it, it it is...
0: It, it, we could talk about this forever because it, it really is crazy, isn't it? And you know, they know... They are protected. They can push, well, one of them has. You know, he's been out and about and said, you know who I am, you know, Mm. we're told about it. And then if anybody mentioned that on social media, they could then go to prison because these two are protected. So it's a Sunday Times bestseller. It was called, and is called, I Let Him Go. Was it a struggle to find a title for the book?
1: Um, Because
0: that's a hell of a statement, I Let Him Go.
1: It was, it was a struggle, um... You know, there there were so many titles that were going through my mind and, you know, we just wanted to keep it simple. We didn't want a long, you know, um, wording in it. So we decided just to call it, I let him go, which I did. I let go of his hands. That's what the title means. I let go of his hands just for a split second to pay for something. And, you know, that's why I've come up with that title.
0: Now, tell me about the book. It's been extended. What's the reasoning behind that?
1: Well, the book's been out five years now and... It, there's so much that's gone on in them five years, you know, the, the continued fight for justice for James, uh, the meeting up with Dominic and Robb. And there's just been so much in my life over the five years that, you know, the the published approach means she says, would you not write about, you know, what you've you've gone through in the last five years? And I thought it's a no-brainer. People out there still want to know what's happening. And the only, the only way I can let them know is through a newspaper. But they don't tell the full story of it, no. so I thought, you know put it into a book. That way it's given the people the chance. To, if you want to go and buy the book and read it, then it's, it's there for them to read.
0: Do you find it hard to open the wound again? Well, you open the wound every day. I mean, he, he, he's with you every day. Yeah. So the wound is there. You live with the wound. Are you pleased with the book? Let's put it that I way.
1: I am. I'm very pleased with the book. I don't think it could have been um, put together as nicely as it has been put together. I had a lovely ghostwriter, Carly. <laughs> um, she... she didn't want me to go into detail. So what Carly did, she went and done her research and she put all the the bits in that she didn't want me to say and she knew I didn't want to say. So she'd done all that for me. And then we just sat in a room for a few weeks, wasn't it, and we discussed, you know, what James was like like in life, the short life that he lived. And I'm getting messages even to this day to say, you know, thank you for writing the book. You've let us see James for the little person that he was, the little Mm. personality. That he has, And people are even saying that they're relating my book to their own personal lives. So, you know, I'm even getting people saying that they've read the book and it's helped them, which, you know, if it's doing that, then the book was well worth doing.
0: Tell me, how do you live... You've got three fabulous kids, you've got a grandchild now, you've got a steward who's been incredibly supportive and you've got a great love affair, which is fabulous. How do you cope with looking back because what I've always worried about with you and I've known you and I know what to say like you said with the writer Mm. and we're not cross the line but you know you switch a telly on or open a paper and you go (gasps) and there's a photo or there's a story because you never know when it's going to happen that must be very hard to live with
1: I mean especially when it does not get told about it you know it just appears in front of me yeah it is a bit of a shock even after all these years but you know the ones that I've got a concentrate on now all the three lads so I, I let them know this if i know that there's something going to break they they know as well mm-hmm. but if something just appears and i try and get to them before they get to hear about it or they get to see it so you know yeah it is a bit, little bit breathtaking when you know something just appears out of the blue and you know i'm thinking you you never even got in touch with me to say is yeah. it okay yeah, no, it, would be, it would be nice out of yeah. common courtesy. At the end of the day, he was my son, not theirs. And, yeah. you know, just give us a little bit of respect and prepare me for what mm-hmm. you're about to do. I'm
0: talking uh, to Denise Fergus. She's got the book that has been extended now called uh, I Let Him Go. Do your boys, after telling them, do they deal with it differently or do they all deal the sort of same?
1: I think they all deal with it the same. Um, they, they never really speak about it. They know, you know, James was all Although they never met him, I feel that like they feel they, they knew him, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, you know, from an early age, as the lads were growing up, I talked about James endlessly. You know, he was just always in the conversation. So what I'd done, i let the lads grow up with All although they didn't know him. So I think I'd done the right thing because I didn't want to have to sit them down at a certain age and go, listen, this, that, and, I didn't want to do that, so I'd just, like, if there was something come on the telly, I wouldn't get up and switch it off. If there was something in a newspaper, I'd let them see what was in the newspaper. You know, so you yeah, just grew up with it, and that's the way I wanted it to be with them. I just didn't want it to shock them. So I thought the best way to do it is just to let them grow up with it, let them learn the story as they get older, and that's exactly how we've done it with them.
0: It's a good way, because it's such a dreadful, dreadful story, that to put it in slightly... Bit by bit, yeah. like that, must have helped you because it could be traumatic beyond belief mm. if you sat them down and said, "Listen, we've got to." And as you know, and we won't go down that road. But as you know, what happened was so so bad that the British public didn't even know about mm. it yeah. for years. So it is a, a, a terrible thing. You, I mean, three lovely lads, by the way, three yeah. oh, cracking, yeah. Lads, yeah. cracking lads, <laughs>
1: cracking lads. <laughs> they keep us on our toes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Did you get to the stage where you were suffocating them? And Stuart might have said yeah. to you, Ooh, a bit much.
1: Yeah, I mean, when they were younger, um, you know, at the age where they wanted to go and play with friends and stuff like that. They wanted to go the pictures with the friends, and I was like, Always, no, you're not, you're not going. Um, and Stuart said, Listen, you've, you can't stop them. You've got to let them live their life. You can't prison them, if you like, you know, because at the end of the day, if you do that, them two have won. So I was listening to what Stuart said, although it was so hard for me to do. Plus, you're
0: a strong woman as well. Yeah,
1: well, well I've had to be, really. You have had I? to yeah. be. Um, but when I letting them out with friends, I had cut off points where our, our house was. So I'd say, you can't go past that mark and you can't go past that mark. So if they were not a safe view of, you know, where... Because I always stood by the window. I could never, you know, not watch yeah. them. Um, I and mean when they were getting a little bit older, they started venturing now wanting to go to the pictures. She would say, I'll drop them off and I'll pick them up. So that's the way we worked at our first. So now they're the young men now. So they're saying, You're not telling me what to do anymore. I'm going off and doing it. <laughs> you know, they're living the, the best lives that they can live now. They're all working. Um, our middle child, Thomas, he's working in Somerset. Breaks my heart every time he goes. Um, but it's something that he wants to do, and you know, I can't stop him from doing what he wants to do, the same with Michael and Leon. I can't stop them because, as I say, the men now, they're not kids anymore, they're not babies.
0: And what about the grandchild? Oh, she's
1: so adorable, isn't she? <laughs> she's loved by every one of us. Um, she's just... She's so funny. And it, it's weird having a little girl around because of her of yeah. boys. Um, yeah, so she's just, like... We always spoil don't we? And Michael says, stop buying it, but you can't stop buying it because I say, well, she's the only little girl, really, in my life. And apart from... You know, Michael's partner, you know, you love and it's all told me uh, she, the the perfect parents. When they first told us that they they were expecting, oh, Michael said he was terrified to tell me, and I just jumped up, screamed, shouting, "Yay! At last, I'm gonna be a grandmother!" Um, the boss has a lovely card, didn't he? Um, yeah, so we just couldn't wait for them to have the baby, and and I thought, you know, looking at Peyton, I'm thinking, you know, Michael was that age, you know, and it here, is Michael. With his own, it's just so surreal, really, isn't it? It's just, it's weird to say, but it's absolutely amazing feeling to being a grandmother. Tell me,
0: do you have any contact with Ralph at all? No, none at all. None at all. No, No. No. Um, because he's 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 doing his own thing, isn't he? Because he, I don't
1: know what he's doing. So
0: it's completely uh, uh, separate. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Now, why did you set the charity up?
1: Um, well, I was involved in another charity, um, I'm not going to name it because, you know, I, I don't want to do that to, mm-hmm. you know, pull them down, but it just didn't work out for me, I've seen things that I didn't like in it, so, you know, I promised everyone a James Bulger house, and when I walked away from that charity, I thought, I've got to stick to me, where here. you, I don't want to, you know, take back what I've said, so, I thought... If you will get a James Bulger house... So we, we sat down, um all of the ones that were involved in... The charity that I was involved in, they come with us, didn't they? And um, we sat down, we were saying, what can we do to make a James Bulger house? Because we had never had you no know, money to start anything or anything like that. And it's so weird, it's, it's hard to set up a charity. Very. You, you can't put your own money in, you can't... You, you know, It's just weird that what you've got to do to set up a charity. It, it's not something that you can just go and do. I um, mean we found that really hard, didn't we? you by the way, sorry, I keep on talking to someone's steward. Um yeah, so it was actually a piece of curry. he said, Well, why don't we get like a holiday thing? And I thought, mm, that sounds good. So we, we give our ourselves like I think it was a five year plan to you know, try and raise funds and to get this going. Um, we were sitting there and thought, do you know what, we don't need a brick building. All we need is like a caravan or something like that. So anyway, how it come about is a woman, she found it, she was had this caravan and it was, on, it was on another site. And she said, I'd like you to have it for the charity that you, you want to set up. And I thought, oh, that's really, really nice. So we went to see this caravan and it, I thought, do you know what, this is something that we could do. We could use this to help other kids. So anyway, um with a lot of trouble, you know, we managed to get the, the caravan moved from that site onto the site it is now, uh, which is absolutely lovely. It's a place near Blackpool, everything is on site for the kids to do, there's hairdressers, there's everything there, big spa place. Um so as to, as the years were getting on, the caravan, as you know, on sites as the start getting older, you start losing money on them. So the, the caravan started getting a little bit weird and, yeah, yeah. and you know, um, things. New, and it was costing money to get these things done. So we decided in the end, because of all the balls that we've had in the past, that, you know, we had a comfortable, you know, um, bank balance for, in the charity and uh, enough to go on to buy something new. So we went, there was all of the ambassadors and affiliates and that. We all went down once a year to clean the caravan. We've done it every year. So on the last time that we cleaned the caravan, we were all sitting there because we always go for something to eat and drink, you know, to thank them for helping us and that. Um, so we were looking around these lodges and then we come across this this particular lodge that I absolutely fell in love with. And I thought I'd love James's name to be be on this. I I'd, can I'd just imagine kids staying in there. They'll absolutely love it. So Stuart made a few phone calls. Um, I think it was that same night we got a call to say that, You Know the place had been accepted, and you know, it'd be still interested, lodges are so you know it was just perfect for us, perfect time. And as I say, you know, the the lodge is so lovely, you'll have to come and see it, it's amazing. Um, so we've helped a lot of families with that lodge as well. It's a big, so
0: what is the the logic behind the lodge? Right, okay, Who, who goes?
1: Right, it's kids who have to care for parents or siblings. Kids who have done good in school, because you're always hearing about the bad ones, aren't you? It's never the good ones. Um, who've had to care for a parent or a sibling. Um, kids who are going through bereavement. But it, it's an umbrella, you know, where it extends you know, to as much as we possibly can to help kids. You know, I know it's only a week away, but that week away, as I know... Oh, it, it can change their lives. Yeah, can change their
0: yeah, lives.
1: You, you have different yeah. thoughts. If you're not in your own... You In your own house, yeah. where your thoughts just keep yeah. coming round and round. You go somewhere else, you're distracted yeah. from what's going no, It's also you're a different environment, know. so yeah. I know
0: yeah. exactly where you're coming from. How do you find <clears> the kids?
1: I don't get to meet them um, because my heart break every time. Hmm. So I don't even get to say to you know, who goes in there because I don't want that pressure on me. Right. Um, So who does it?
0: Somebody else? It's
1: it's actually the it's everyone that's involved in the charity. Trustees, um, they have to say who goes there and you know who gets to stay and you know it's it's the cases that are more say if that yeah okay if a kid's done really well in school but there's a kid there that you know is going through bereavements obviously that kid's going through through the bereavements are going first but that kid's
0: and they have a week
1: yeah. They can have a week or a long weekend, if you like. If they can't do the week, they can have a long weekend. Uh, Because of COVID, things were starting to go wrong with the lodge. Um, which is why we're still and because we've got to fund anyway because it's so expensive now to have the lodge on site.
0: And let me stop you there. The funding is because you've got a ball on the 25th yeah. of uh, March at the Crown Plaza, Crown Plaza the yeah. uh, black tie and tiara, yeah. which people can still get tickets for.
1: Yeah, they can. There's so few tickets available, yeah. or if you want to sponsor the table, or yeah. just have And a this table. money
0: goes to the charity. So straight through to the Because you have an open day as well, don't You, you do a couple of things.
1: But um, because of COVID, you know, it brought the... Char- like a lot of charities, it brought it to a standstill. Mm. We couldn't do nothing. Um, so all the events that we had lined up for that year all got, you know, scrapped. We couldn't do them. And we didn't realise that we were going to be in lockdown for two years. So it was the first... So the charity really struggled. And me and Stuart were sitting there and we were saying, you know, we don't know if we- we're going gonna- to survive this. Okay. Um, because obviously we'd spent a majority of the money that we had in the bank on the lodge. Yep. So um, we were talking about it and I said, Stuart, I just, I can't, I can't let this charity go. We've got to keep it going. We'll have to start from scratch if we have to and just, we've got to do something. Mm-hmm. So Stuart said, if it continues like this in this lockdown, I'm afraid we're going to have to let it go. And I went, no, because it means too much to me. I said, we're helping too many kids. We can't see So you it came it through it? We come through it, yeah. yeah we scraped through it. We come out of lockdown... And then straight into our ball. Now, people were still wary of coming out yeah, because yeah. of COVID. I so. remember I was so, doing
0: some of them.
1: So. Yeah. So, a lot of people didn't want to come to the ball. So, I'm open this year, which we are selling a lot of tickets now and faster. Um, but it's important this year because, although it's around James's birthday, it's the 30th anniversary of James'. So, it's a big year. It's a big a one. Big um, we missed out on his 30th birthday because of COVID. So, we're, we're going to have to roll this one over. For the 30th birthday plus... 30th year yeah. anniversary but me and Stuart were talking last night and we were saying it's weird it's because it's 30, 30th year anniversary for James and Michael's 30 this year oh. so I was like oh my god this is just like weird. Yeah.
0: Thinking back to your little boy that you think every moment every day and little things happen have you do, do you get frustrated uh, when you you're trying to think of something new. I c I can't remember that. Can't. Do you know what I'm saying when yeah, I mean yeah. that? Because you're clasping, grasping. You, you can it, see it yeah. in your
1: mind, but you can't you yeah. can't spit it out, yeah? I mean and I'm going to stream it, help, help. And he's yeah. going I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> but you get there in the end, so you you can sit there for some and, sit and it's railing round like, What was it, And then I know yeah. what it was, and yeah. it comes to you. Yeah. Um, which is why in the beginning and I should really see it now because my memory's fading, <laughs> I'm getting old and I I, in the beginning, I used to have a pen and paper at the sides of the bed, so I couldn't sleep what things were going on. And else. you'd so write it down, it, And I'd write mm. everything down. I'd, like, I'd be putting a light on the top, you know, phone yeah, on it, yeah. and he'd be like, what are you doing now? I've just told something. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, I do that,
0: so I can relate to that completely. You must have racked your brains why they picked James um, and why they did it. You've talked about it a couple of times over the years, yeah, haven't um, you? And you've had theories on it.
1: If if it hadn't been James, there would have been another child mm-hmm. because we know that they were out there that day to abduct the child and not just to abduct it, but to kill it. Um, they tried to... But before, before any of this happened, they were torturing, killing animals. So, you know, they were going down that road anyway. Um, they tried to take a little girl from a school two weeks before. They took James, they, tried to take a little girl the day they took James, but the girl's mother caught them just in time. And it just so happened to be, you know, we were getting that one last thing to, before we went home and that's when it happened and that's how easy it happened. Now people go, well, you shouldn't let go of his hands. Tell me, any people, any person out there who've got a child, do you let go of their hands for the split second to pay for something? So you say no, then I think you're
0: lying. Because of course, every mother every in the parent, world, every father. Every every, yeah, I couldn't agree it. with you more. My mum's done it with me when I, when my mum was yeah. alive. It's ridiculous, you know. Yeah. I mean, I've seen it when I've worked at holiday camps. I've seen it when I've been at Thompson's. You, you've seen them walk away to the yeah. pram and go to the toilet. It's, it's an absolute, you know, it, it could anybody it could have happened mm. to.
1: But you know what I mean? It opens your eyes as well because even when we're out shopping, if you see a child and it's like walking on its mm. own, I say to Stuart, who's with that, that kid? Where's the mother? Where's the yeah. dad? So the, um. And then you see a parent turning around going, come on, and I think, yeah. oh, thank God for that, you know. Because, yeah. I mean, we two, we have intervened before today and said, you know, this this kid's missing. Because I feel yeah. I need to. If I see a child room around, I feel like I need to because I don't want anything to happen. You'd to that never genus. forgive yourself.
0: No. You'd never forgive yourself. Now, because of you... Everybody used harnesses for a long time, yeah. didn't they? Now they don't.
1: No, you don't see them anymore. And Do you think
0: that's sad? Or... I
1: think it is really sad, yeah, because, you know... I know it's, it's old school, but old school could save your child's life. And, you know, you hear so many cases. It's not a unique thing. There's so many cases out there now, kids killing other kids, yeah. that I feel, you know, I think they should be brought back, mm. you know?
0: One of the worst things for me when it happened in 1993... We extended the phone. I don't know if I've even told you this. We extended the phone into five hours from four hours because people were distraught. Mm. Because it was in the days when radio was a very powerful yeah. tool. And we... Were, I mean, the police were ringing me every day as well mm. because we were putting together where James had walked mm. because people were saying, well, I was on the bus. I thought he was just... This naughty little boy yeah. was being naughty with his two brothers. Mm. And people were distraught. I had a breakdown. I, I had a breakdown because nobody was helping me and I was doing it five nights a week yeah. and every single phone call for months was about mm. James.
1: But if you go back to then, we, had, we never had mobile phones, we never had social media or anything, so we had to rely yeah. on the radio. And yet I went on your show... Loads and loads of times. It was you that gave me the voice, and I think it's you that gave me some strength as well to, you know, be the, the person that I am today, a stronger person. Because if I never went on your shows, I wouldn't have. I said, like I wouldn't have been able to, you know, say what I wanted people to hear. So you know, I've got to thank you for that as well. And yeah, I mean, although I didn't want to do these interviews for yeah. anyone, or you know, I felt I needed to because you know I felt that James had to be remembered. And I wanted people to keep their... Now, the amount of lessons that I got, because, again, there was no social media, it all come through, you lessons back then, and people were saying, you know, the, old, the kids, that little bit tighter now, um, they give them that little extra hug and kiss before they, they go to sleep. and yeah. You know, so I think James changed everyone's lives. And even to this day, people are still saying, you know, we'll never forget him. And it's so nice that people still remember him. I still get stopped in shops, people wanting hugs. I've got no problem with that whatsoever. Um, I got stopped not so long ago by a fellow. Now, it must have been his girlfriend. She has a little boy in a pram, but she can't kind of stood back. And he, like, he was saying, I'm sorry to bother you, but are you James's mum? said, yeah, and he, he went, oh, I bet you're getting fed up with this. I bet you get it all the time. I went, I'm not really now. I said, it's so nice that people are still remembering him after all these years. I said, so, you know, I, I love getting stopped and I love people saying, we remember them. we'll never forget them because that's what my intention was, was to let James's short life be remembered, and it's still remembered after 30 years.
0: When did it hit you that this case of this lovely little boy being taken from us was a world story? It wasn't just England. It it was right across the world.
1: I don't think, you know, I don't think it... Hit me for a long, long time because you're just living in a dark moment. You can't, you know, people are sitting around you, you know, you're aware that people are there, but you, you, I couldn't tell you who was in that room. I couldn't tell you who was speaking to me because I don't know. It's just, I've told, I think I've told you this before. It's like a black veil covers your face. You, you hear voices, but you, you, you just can't see anyone. And the voices are like mumbling and you, you just don't want to sink it in because you go and see a shell. Kinds of thing, you lock yourself into your own body. You don't want anyone to see it, and you just don't want to be around anyone. And it was a long time before I realised that it went worldwide. Um, and I just thought, you know, I just I couldn't I couldn't really believe it. And I th- when I realised, I thought, God, this is this is some serious, you know. Yeah. I mean, it was serious that James was taken, but. For the to wheels, why it, it, it had to be a massive big story. It was so horrendous. Yeah. That's
0: why. Um, I remember speaking to student, I used to ring, see how you were, and you'd have terrible black days. Yeah. Terrible black oh, yeah. days. Are you through them yet?
1: Um, now and again, I still get them. It's very far and in between. It's mainly when like a hair and comes up, like yeah. you know. Some when well it's in them. your face again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but you know what, I try and try not to go back there, and I'm thinking, no, don't go back there. Right, is another fight for you to take on. Okay, it's it's not good news, but let's let's get through it and let's do something else. So seriously, listen, I can't just let this go. So that, there I am again, put myself out there, trying to face. And I know that I'm not going to get James back to everything I'm doing, but if I can help other people, you know, if I can change the Lord in any way, by you know anyone, like like kids killing other kids, they should be they should save an adult prison. In an adult prison, not a young offender, and then be released. So I'm trying to, you know, I don't care how, you, how old you are or how young you are, you have got to spend time in an adult prison and not be treated and given the best life anyone could possibly give you.
0: Where do you get your strength from? I've asked you this time and time again, um... and I still, still shake my head in disbelief. And when we finish this interview, you'll be in my mind all day, and I get upset now. I just don't know where you get that strength okay. from. I never, it's... ever know where you get that strength from. Give us
1: from. a hug. Give us a hug. I never know where you get that strength from. <sighs> um, well, my mum was a strong woman, um, so I know she never, um, thank God, you know, she, had to, she never had to deal with anything I had to deal with, but I think I just... I, I'm, a, I'm one of them people I don't give up. I will not give up until I get what I want. And, yeah, okay, it's taken enough 30 years, but I'm hoping, I'm seriously hoping now that I'm seeing a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. I'm hoping, with Dominic Robb's help, I can get Venables locked up for the rest of his life.
0: What do you want people to take from the book? The book is a Sunday Times bestseller. It's called uh, I Let Him Go. You've extended it now. It's selling again. Wow. And it's the 30-year anniversary. Um, What do you want people to take from the book? Um,
1: Um, I just want people to, you know, see James as the little happy child that he was. I want him to come alive in the book. and I I want people to, you know, to see James come alive in the book. Uh, James was never, I've said this so many times, James is not just a picture, he was a little person. And in writing that book, I think I brought that little person to to life. And I, I want people to read that and, you know, relate. Mm. So that I want... Because people have said in the past, over the book as well, um, I have brought his little a lot of characters to life in it, and that's what I want people to say. I want people to see James mm. the way I used to see him and still do see him.
0: And you want people to come to the ball on the 25th of March because, first of all, raising money for the charity, but also it's to celebrate his life, isn't
1: it? It is to celebrate his life. Um, more to market, you know, because he he's not here to, you know, to... Celebrates his birthdays or Christmases or anything like that. But, you know, just by marking his birthday and raising funds to help other kids in James's name, that, that's all I'm ever asking for. I just want to help other kids now. Can't do nothing for James. I'll never get him back. But, as I said, if I can change the Lord and get younger offenders locked up, you know, in an adult prison where they should be, then I, I think I've done my
0: face. Last word to James. Um, happiest memory...
1: Um, I think the obvious, obvious memory would be the same, really. Um, you love listening to Michael Jackson as you know. Yes. Um,
0: <laughs> we played it every birthday.
1: Yeah, yeah, we did. Um, I think, the and we spoke about this often actually over the past couple of weeks, is I had saw curtains on the winds where we lived in the flat, and I'd give James a packet of chipsticks. So I go into the kitchen to get him a drink. I'm going to come back, all the chipsticks were hanging off my curtain. He like, threw them at my curtain like darts, and they were all hanging. I went, you're meant to have them, not threw them at the curtains. But he was sitting there, and he was howling, laughing. He knew what he'd done. So I just started laughing. I was picking all the chipsticks, putting them back in the bag, and I thought, let's get him a fresh bag now. But, yeah, that memory will always stay with me.
0: And, of course, that fabulous picture... Round his mouth was the yoghurt. And for years I wanted to ask him. I I I remember the night you were
1: asking me, was it ice cream was it yoghurt? Yeah, it was (laughs) yoghurt.
0: Denise Fergus, thank you very much. Thanks, thanks, peace.